0: It is the joy of Christmas in the season, uh, and maybe sometimes you're feeling that maybe you're not feeling it that this year. Last Sunday, we had discussed uh, how faith follows our focus, and we we discussed faith and we unwrapped that a little bit. And each week in our in our series, our Advent Christmas series, we're unwrapping another word tied to the Advent season, and this is week we're unwrapping joy and the idea and concept of joy and I know many of you last week when we talked about uh, we talked about what was happening in that story and we looked at we looked at the story of Zachariah and Elizabeth and Mary some of you have been might have been wondering well why didn't we talk about Joseph we talked about Zachariah and Elizabeth and then we talked about Mary but we we left Joseph out of it. Uh, And We didn't leave him out of it. We actually are giving him his own day today. We're giving his own day. So you can relax. We didn't forget about him. Uh, He doesn't get a pass on this, partly because he also struggled with the whole season. He struggled with what was going on in those moments. He didn't respond the same way that Mary did when she said, you know, do as you wish, I'm your servant. And when we often talk about Christmas in this joyful season, both in our current Christmases and our past Christmases, uh, this is brought to light that, that idea that of something not going according to plan and us not responding well to what's going on. But we also talk about the joy of Christmas in the middle of it too. We sang this, this morning, our first song was what? Joy to the world to the world. We're, sinning, we're, we're supposed to sing about the joy of Christmas and what happens. But often we can feel less than joyful, can't we? Often, whether it's in the season or just in life, we don't feel full of joy. We actually feel disappointment. Maybe you feel like a Grinch this year. I'm, I'm the Grinch in my family. I'm the Grinch, totally, 100% I'm the Grinch in my family. I'm the one that somehow successfully avoids decorating anything at Christmas time around the house. It's crazy. My my son Tristan is learning from my (laughs) ways. He was. He had to work. He has. He has a job that he works on weekends. And he's like, guys, you can decorate while I'm at work. He do not need to wait for me to come home before he decorates. I'm definitely the Grinch in our family. Uh Maybe you're you're like a Grinch too in different ways and, and joy, the experience of joy just hits a little different at Christmas. Just like the Grinch when you watch the movie version anyway, you can see that something in his childhood, something in his life disrupted his expectations, didn't it? And that he didn't enjoy Christmas like the rest of the people with funny hair did. Maybe uh, I don't have any funny hair at all. So I don't wake up and have a bad hair day at all. So I don't have those issues that most of you have. But when we when we face things like this, we can, we should be led to a question like this. Can disappointment be a divine appointment? Can the disappointment that we face in life be a divine appointment? At the basic level, an appointment is this. An appointment is, is an agreement to meet. Maybe it's two people meeting at a selected date and time together for a specific reason. Yesterday I met with a couple of people for breakfast and we set a date and a time and we met. Maybe you've met somebody for coffee this week. Or maybe you had a dentist appointment where you had to show up at a certain time or otherwise they were gonna bill you for not even being there. An appointment though is that that set time where there's an expectation of something happening, of people gathering or meeting or something happening. And when we don't see that, what what happens? We're disappointed. And disappointment is, is something different. It's where we have a set of expectations and then they're, they're not met. And it leaves us with feelings of disappointment, of, of not wanting to, to live in the, the results that we do have. We wanted the results we were expecting. Maybe you were expecting something different this season. Maybe you were expecting snow today instead of rain. Maybe you were hoping for there to be lots of snow on the ground instead of green Christmas. I know I have a couple of boys that wish they were on a ski hill rather than seeing the slush outside. But disappointment can affect all of us. It happens in big and small ways. It happens when it snows but Kids' buses aren't cancelled and they still have to go to school. But it also happens in bigger ways where we see systems and people fail to live up to the standards of basic decency to the tragic moments of life that are beyond our control. When circumstances happen that rob us of something that we thought was going to be our future. I'm certain that there's probably not a person here that hasn't had that type of circumstance. Where in in some point in their life, they were robbed of what they expected their future to have. And they have to learn to deal with the reality of it. When this happens, for us who follow Jesus, it can also creep into our relationship with God. We can see disappointment with what's something happening in the world. And if we're not careful, it creeps into how we see God, because in your disappointment, where do you feel that God has let you down? Did you feel like he was supposed to meet those expectations? He was supposed to make sure that what you wanted to happen was going to happen? Maybe you've lost a loved one, maybe you've lost your job, maybe you've lost the house that you wanted or or things like that and it's caused you to look at the world around you and wonder why me why did this have to happen to me and then maybe from there you look up and go God why why didn't you make that happen for me this is the initial story of Joseph and his firstborn son Jesus. See, God is at work for a larger vision than Joseph can initially see. And soon an angel over shepherds in a field will declare, saying, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Great joy will come through the Lord. But first, it's gonna disrupt Joseph. First, it's gonna disrupt what he thought was going to happen in his life. In Joseph's day, marriage was a two-step process. I'm gonna throw a couple Hebrew words for you that you don't need to remember, but just just to give you an idea of what it is. The first one is erusin. And erusin is the engagement period. And then nisuin is the marriage ceremony. And it was the parents of a young man who would choose, help choose the woman that he would be married to, that would be engaged to their son. And so in this first step, step one, the betrothal involved an appointment where there was official arrangements uh, and a legally binding contract was signed sort of how we do in our marriages where we have the the ceremony and everything, but there's also the, the legal documents where we have to sign and have witnesses and things like this. They would sign that at the beginning of the engagement process. And it could only be broken by divorce. But during that betrothal or engagement process, the couple, being referred to as husband and wife, didn't live together, didn't sleep together, they didn't have any of the normal marital situations that we would think of now. Those things were actually forbidden. Under Mosaic law, sexual uh, intimacy or unfaithfulness was considered adultery in, this, in, in that, that stage. And the penalty would be death. So it's, it's, it's an interesting phase for them to be living in. And then step two would come along, the ceremony and the consummation of their marriage and the celebration feast that would happen. And where we find this story, this Christmas story, is right in between those two events for Joseph and Mary. They're in between those first, that first step and that second step. They've already signed the contract. Joseph is already on his way, building a place for Mary to live. He's, he's trying to establish a life for them so that on the appointed day, he can go to her and bring her to their home and they can have that second part of the celebration. Weddings, specifically the celebration of the two becoming one, they were described as something called a simcha. And that, is, that just means this, a joyous celebration or occasion. And so when they would, when they would have these, these simchas, that's what they would call it. We are gathering for a simcha, a joyous celebration. And when they would do their vows, it would be full of scriptures that talked about the simcha, the joy of the union of marriage that they were about to enter into. The whole process for them was to be a joy. It was to be a joyous experience. This is what, this is what Joseph was in, in that moment. This is where his world was at that time, creating this joyful experience for him and for Mary. Jeremiah would prophesy about Israel during the time of captivity. And he would say this in Jeremiah 33, he would say, yet in the towns of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem that are deserted, inhabited by neither people nor animals, there will be heard once more the sounds of joy and gladness, the voices of what? Bride and bridegroom. The people of Israel, when they, took, when they were getting married, they took joy and that celebration and that ceremony very serious. That's literally where Joseph was focused in that time. This is where his mindset was creating this experience. And as a side note, this is the very moment that we are in right now. We are the bride of Christ and we are awaiting the return of Christ, our groom, so that we can celebrate. Right now, he is preparing a simcha for us. A joyous celebration where we come together with God and we live with him in unity. What a beautiful metaphor for our lives too, isn't it? That's what we're waiting for. So beautiful. There's an appointment set for us and there's appointment set for Joseph. And similarly to ours, our joy can turn into disappointment when things in the season don't go to plan. Matthew 1 says this Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Now, here's something we don't want to miss when we look at this. Joseph is a just man. And at first glance, Mary's, Mary's condition for him is unjust. He was preparing for Simcha. He was preparing for a joyous occasion to be married to her. And yet he finds her when she comes back from Elizabeth, because she's probably been hiding out with Elizabeth for a couple of months, like we, we looked at last week. When she shows up, she's got an obvious baby bump and a story of explaining to do. And however fantastical her story may seem to Joseph, his Simcha is gone. He's looking at the the reality of what's ahead of him and it's, it's not what he was expecting. But he's a just man and he wants to maintain his righteousness. He hasn't seen her. Now she's pregnant. What he can't see, though, is that God is working, bringing into the world a righteousness that far exceeds his own. He can't see it in this moment. But what he can see, that even though Mary is seemingly to him an adulteress, he's going to divorce her quietly so that she doesn't have to face death and shame in being outed like that. And we know the amazing uniqueness of this story. Like we talked about last week, how our stories aren't exactly the same as the stories we see in the Bible. This is nobody else's story ever, what they've gone through. But what is unique about their story in some ways, there are some things that are not unique that we can draw from. The first one is this, that God often disrupts our plans for his greater purpose. Number two, we often need outside help to see where God is at work. Isn't that true? There's times where we've got plans, we've got ways that we want to go, and God needs to interrupt those plans in order to take us where he wants to. And in those moments, we don't see it as God's plan, do we? We sit there obstinately crying and being upset about why we're going through what we're going through. And sometimes we need somebody to come alongside us and say, hey, 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 I want you to just look down the road a little bit. There's something else in store for you. There's something else in store for you that if you had gone down this path, you never would get what God wanted for you. Because when we're lost in disappointment, in grief, or in anger, before we react, pausing and giving room, to discern where God may be at work is crucial. And being present with someone you trust to help you discern what God is doing can be so helpful. And Joseph is just. And if you were rash in this moment, Mary would be in a predicament that would, that would be unjust for her because she's not actually an adulteress. God is literally at work in her life. And Mary and Joseph, not due to the work of darkness, but because God is at work. They're experiencing disappointment. This was not in their plans. This was not what they had hoped for originally. The simsha that they had been planning and working towards would not take place. And while I know the specifics are so very different, who hasn't had it? Who hasn't had a a life moment like this where this was not in the plans I'm sure we all could raise our hand and say yeah I've experienced things where I looked up and go this was not in the plans I know for me cancer was not in the plans for me my adrenal function failing is not in the plans and I know my story is just the same as your story there's things that have happened to you things that have, have, have come up that were not in the plants and what Joseph does is something profound that we must do in disappointment leave room for God leave room for God because we continue reading says this but as he considered these things behold an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying Joseph son of David God with us. See, in his disappointment, Joseph learned two profound things about God's appointments. Known to God, but unknown to us when they're in the middle of it. First one is God is at work. And what you think is accurate, isn't. God is at work, and what you think is accurate, isn't. The picture you see of the world around you is a very limited perspective. It's a very small perspective. And God is at work. You may have had your joy disrupted and think that God doesn't love you. It's wrong. You may be disappointed and think that God isn't good. That's also wrong. God is love and God is good. And how can we be so sure that God is at work in all the mess of our stories and in the disappointments we place? Because in the places of defo- def- profound disappointment, we know that we are his purpose. We're the reason why he is working this all out. We see in Romans 8, 28, it says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work For good for those who are called according to his purpose according to his purpose he has called us and even in the midst of disappointment the things that we walk through will lead to our good and we read why God was willing to disrupt the peace of Joseph how this disappointment was actually a divine appointment for a greater vision Again, in Matthew 1, 21, she will bear a son and you will call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. There's no way Joseph could have saw himself in that role as a stepfather to the savior of the world. There's no way he could have envisioned that when he had met Mary, when they had saw Mary and arranged the marriage with Mary. There's no way he saw a future like that. He never envisioned this for the story of his life. But God was at work. God is at work today. And what you think is most accurate sometimes isn't. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. And he took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. God's purpose always comes with a specific point of obedient action. God says to Joseph, Joseph, take Mary as your wife. And he marries her. Call your son Jesus. And he calls the newborn boy, Jesus. Here's one thing that's true for Joseph that we can find true for our lives, that we don't always see God clearly in our lives, but we can always trust that he has a purpose. And to walk in that purpose, we just need God to clarify the point of obedience that step of obedience that we need to take. It's often very different from our initial reaction of what to do from divorce to marry and name the baby. Those are very different actions that God had set for Joseph from what he wanted to do. And often our actions that God requires of us look very different than what we want to do in the natural. God gives us that one step. Joseph, you need to marry her. Joseph, you need to call him Jesus. Those two steps. He wasn't seeing much past that. Just that. Just hold on to that. That's what I've got for you right now, Joseph. It's going to take you a while to acclimate to this, Joseph. Just rest in that, Joseph. And then I'm going to lead you from there. God's going to give you just one step, just two steps. Just say, I need you to walk here. Step into this. I know the disappointment seems so raw, but just take one step in this direction. God is working it out for your good. So instead of allowing disruptions to steal our joy, we are to set before us the joy that he has for us. We are to allow it to be the lens with which we embrace life when appointments and expectations become disappointments and unmet expectation. We can embrace what Jesus' brother and disciple James would write, where he said, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. In this life, we are going to have trials. We are going to have disappointments, unmet expectations of where we thought things were going and where reality takes us. But count it all joy because God is working good in it all for those who are called according to his purpose. Can disappointment, the feeling we experience when our hopes or expectations aren't fulfilled in the way we are expecting, can that be a divine appointment? Yes. Yes, it can. Even if what happened wasn't good, God is a redemptive God. And if your story is not yet good, then we know God's not quite done. Let's pray. God, we just thank you. We thank you that in the mess of humanity, in the mess of our lives, in the mess of what happens, and in the disappointments that we face, and the expectations that we may have set that aren't met, God, you are in it all. Nothing catches you by surprise in all of this, God. you see who we are and where we're trying to go, but also your purposes for our lives and how you will use all of our circumstances for our good. God, I just pray for, for those today, their joy has been robbed by disappointment. Their joy has been robbed by unmet expectations. God, I pray that they would would find joy in knowing that you are there for them, that you will work all things out for their good. God, I pray that they find an abiding in you that allows them to hear your voice calling them to take one step and then another God, I pray that you would help them understand the difference between just being happy and having the joy of the Lord. That there's a deepness in our joy that is so much more profound than feeling happy in a moment. God, I just pray if there's anyone listening today, either in the room or online, who has yet to put their faith in you, who has faced disappointment in this world, who has faced unmet expectations in this world, and they feel lost in it all, they've not put their faith and their hope in you. God, I pray that today is a day of salvation that if they would turn to you even in this moment to know that you are good, that you are love, that you care so much more deeply than we could ever imagine. The story of Christmas of you coming to earth to restore relationship with us can be their story too. there's such a deep joy in our salvation being in you. May they hear your call today and follow you. Amen. As we close today, the worship team is going to sing one last song that just speaks to us working through disappointment and the unmet expectations and giving it all to God and how how God can be there through it all. So let's just worship together. It'll probably be a new song for most of us, but let's just worship together and let this be a song that leads us to find joy in God, even in the midst of circumstances that weren't what we expected.